0: To get it in, Dustin Smith. Jamari for three and the win. Yeah! he got it
1: With the fourth pick in the 2023 NBA draft, the Houston Rockets select Amen Thompson from Oakland, California, an overtime elite. With the 20th pick in the 2023 NBA draft, the Houston Rockets select Cam Whitmore from Villanova University. We are here to fuel your Rockets draft news. This is the Rockets Fuel Podcast. I'm your co-host, Lashar Binkley. Of course, you can always find me on Twitter at Binkley Hoops. You can find out my written work over at The Dream Shake and SB Nation. And, of course, we are here to talk Rockets Draft. Probably one of the best Rockets drafts in the last couple of decades. And um, we're all excited here over Rockets Fuel. Uh, Of course, all the Rockets fans are excited. A night that most of us, nobody really expected the Rockets to be able to have. to have two top five draft picks and without even making any moves. Um, Before we get too far into it, I'll let my co-host introduce himself.
2: Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Vader. You can find me at Vader underscore H-Town on Instagram and on Twitter.
1: And also, before we get into it, I want to say congratulations to Vader. He made his radio debut yesterday on 97.5 and did a great job representing Houston and or representing Rocket Fuel podcast.
2: I appreciate it. Yeah. When they when they brought me in and they uh, uh, announced me as like the uh, co-host of the Rocket Fuel pod, I knew I couldn't mess up at that point. Yeah, uh, at first I was like, okay, if if I bomb and and do terrible, it's just on me. I'm just representing myself. But when they said the name Rocker Fuel Pod, I knew I was like, oh, okay. And I'm I'm not just it's not just for me. It's the team. I, I was like, I can't embarrass with Shard on here, but I appreciate you, man. Thank you.
1: Oh no, man, man, you did a great job, man. I listened to every second of it. it was great, so. I mean, it was just a great day overall. Of course, we're, we're here to talk about the Rockets draft. Um, we kind of expected certain things going into the draft. Um, of course, there was a lot of disappointment when the Rockets found out they were getting the fourth pick after the draft lottery. But I don't think they're – outside, of course, of getting Wimby Yama, I don't think there was a better draft um, by any team yesterday uh, outside of the Houston Rockets. They were able to not only get Armin Thompson, who – Um, it was kind of a foregone conclusion once um, Brandon Miller went to, there was pretty much no way Scoot Henderson was going past three. So once that happened, we all knew that the Rockets were going to go with uh, Amin. And from there, it really got interesting. Um, A lot of reports started to come out. um, Why is Cam Whitmore dropping? Why is Cam Whitmore dropping? At first it was all, before the draft, it was actually a debate on whether the Rockets would take Cam or take Amin. And once the draft started and the picks started to go through and you start to see, well, this team's not taking them, this team is not taking them. And then some people started to get excited. I remember posting like Cam at 20 with a question mark, and some people were like, oh no, nah, there's no way it's gonna fall that far. And that was at like draft number or pick number 12. And then once you started getting the pick 15, 16, 17, then the excitement started to build and people started to actually start to believe like, are we going to get Cam Whitmore, a a, a prospective top five pick at number twenty, and then a little bit of dread crept in at number nineteen because we are uh, all the Rockets fans' favorite team in the world. The Golden State Warriors were at number nineteen, and a lot of people thought, okay, Golden State's going to do one more thing to rip the heart out of Rockets fans, but they decided to pass on Cam Whitmore, and the Rockets able to get him at number twenty without giving up any assets whatsoever when. Uh, Rafael Stone mentioned last night uh, in a clip we're also going to play a little bit later, he had mentioned that they were willing to move up into the top 10 to get Cam Whitmore. That's how much they believed in Cam Whitmore, despite all the reports that were coming out. So, Vado, l- let me just start there. Just overall, how, what's your feeling on the draft? You were out at the draft night party. What was kind of the feeling in the building when they drafted Ahmed, especially once it got closer and closer to them? possibly be able to uh, pick up Cam Whitmore as well.
2: So when the first pick went in, obviously everybody knew it was going to be uh Wimby. So everybody booed Wimby and, and we know why, you know, he had that reaction on the, on the draft lottery. So they booed Wimby. So now at this point, everybody is on pins and needles trying to wait and see um, what Charlotte, what the Charlotte Hornets are going to do. Unfortunately, Michael Jordan came through for us one more time and he's he, um, he had, like, the, the Vince Carter meme, I got one more in me. And, uh, and he uh, he took Brandon Miller. So yeah. I know a lot of people were, like, uh, not very high on Brandon Miller, at least not for his fit for this team. So um, I think a lot of people were, were saying things like, yeah, we, we beat the Brandon Miller allegations. Um, we're so happy because they knew that, you know, at, like you said, at that point, it's, it's pretty much a given that Scoo Henderson was going to go top three, which meant yeah. that um, Amon Thompson was going to fall to four. So uh, once Brandon Miller went went second, I think we kind of knew that we were going to get Ahmed. So we kind of celebrated that, too. So by the time the pick actually happened, there was a celebration and, and you know, everybody was excited, but nothing compared to the celebration. And, and this is yeah. really have anything to do with Ahmed because we spent the whole day like uh, doing Twitter spaces and posting things on social media, uh, yeah. you know, because. As a Rockets fan, we've kind of learned to either cope or assume that the worst is going to happen, right? So, uh, and for a lot of people, the worst thing that could possibly happen in this draft was to come out of the draft without either Amon, Scoot, or Wimby Because um, just because of the way that the team is comprised, a lot of people feel like we need a, a guy who can be an engine, a guy who can be, you know, uh, you know if, if, if this person reaches his ceiling, could be like a high level all star player and, and and I think a lot of people had almond Thompson, even though Brandon Miller was rated, you know, on on some people's boards to be a better prospect. But just based on like what the Rock is needed, I think uh most of the people that I know anyway and most of the people that I've seen preferred Almin over over um Brandon Miller. So there was excitement, but like like I said, nothing compared to watching this the slide of Cam Whitmore because Cam Whitmore is a guy who Many people were saying, like, the Rockets were seriously considering taking this guy at four, especially if uh, James Harden were, were to come here. I mean, we had Rafael Barlow, you know, very respected NBA draft insider on the show uh, a week or two ago, and he said as much. He said, hey, if if James Harden uh, comes back to the Rockets, Cameron Whitmore might be the guy. Um, right. So, Like you said, to see him slip, and then it, we, we're so close, and then Golden State is picking next, <laughs> right before us. And so okay. I'm thinking, okay. If they take Cam Whitmore, like you said, I I already despise the Golden State Warriors. I think most people in our fan base do not like them. But having taken Cam Whitmore right there, I think that there would have been, like, some kind of catastrophic event happen, you know, on Twitter. I think Twitter would have been shut down. Um, But the the, the only saving grace for me, I was thinking, why would they draft Cam Whitmore when you got, like, a guy like Jonathan Kaminga, who, you know, you brought that guy in as an 18-, 19-year-old project, you know, you know, super talented, super athletic. And he couldn't really carve out a niche in your rotation. So that was the, that was the one thing that I was like, there's no way Golden State takes him. So when they did not pick him and then we were able to draft him, the draft party exploded. It was almost like the best way I could describe it is it was like a mosh pit. Like people were pushing people. People started, started barking like, like dog is, it was, it was, it was really crazy. Like if, if you didn't attend the draft, um, Party, I I definitely recommend. Well, hopefully we don't have to have another draft party where we're picking so high. Hopefully not. (laughs) But but the draft, yeah. Like I I was about to say, go to the one next year. But hopefully we're not. You know what I mean? Like hopefully we're not in a position where we're having to pick, especially because like next year's draft isn't that great. But uh, I think the Rockets put on a really good uh, draft party this year. Last year's draft party was was kind of it. It was a little. It was a little rough but I think yeah. they 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 learned from some of the mistakes that they made at the party last year and this one was actually was actually really good. Um I saw Steve Francis. I saw Craig Ackerman, Ryan Hollins, uh, Vanessa Richardson. Um Gerald Green was there, Calvin Murphy. Yeah. Like I can keep naming people but like they they put on and and they were all really accessible and they were nice. So good job Rockets and like I said that the draft like can you imagine coming out of a out of a draft and getting two guys who you probably had on in, on the top in, on the top seven on your board, and that's what yeah. the Rockets did. Like I can only like give Rafael Stone a, a like pat on the back. You know, I, I think he really pulled off something special, and I, it, it kind of reminds me of. Um, and he tried to trade up, but it, it, it kind of gave me the um, after after it all happened. It kind of gave Texas. me the Houston Texans vibe yeah. <laughs> because we got C.J. Stroud and then we yeah. got Will Anderson like back to back and. It, it was it was very much like that for me, just because I'm such a huge fan, and I'm and I'm looking at like potential future lineups. You have a, you know, and this is down the road because you know Amos still needs work, and then obviously Cam Whitmore needs work. But you yeah. have a six seven point guard, you have who is who is who may be the best athlete in the NBA. If he if he's not, you know, he's top three. You right. have Jalen Green. Who used to be the most athletic player on your team? Who was At also second. one of the like who was who was also one of the most athletic players in the NBA already. Yeah. Now it's crazy. Like when you really think about the fact that Jalen Green is probably not the most athletic player on your team anymore, it, mm-hmm. it's really wild. So you got six seven Thompson, six six um, Jalen Green. You have a six seven Cam Whitmore who is well, Cam also,
1: Whitmore forty plus inch vertical by the way, and, he, and <laughs> he's like two
2: hundred and thirty pounds. Like yes. this is not a this is like a this is like an Anthony Edwards type of build guy, Man. more muscular, though. And then, you know, with the with the height, the weight, the athleticism you have. And so, like, already you have three of the most athletic players in the NBA. And then you get to Jabari, who, you know, I think now Jabari's athleticism isn't the concern that it was for some people. Right. Because really? now he can kind of thrive on doing the things that that we feel like he can be really good at which is three-point shooting, which is getting his shot in the mid post which is rebounding, which is defending. And so I think, like, when you have the right pieces around guys, you can really see their talent fully unlocked. And I think that's what the Rockets are building right now. And so now I'm more excited about having a guy like Jabari Smith Jr. now because we do have all these other, like, S-tier athletes around him. And then, of course, like, let me get to uh, Alperin Shangun. You know, like, if Alperin Shangoon gets that ball, you have – cam whitmore who's a good slasher right he's a good slasher he can cut to the basket Alpi can find him you Man, have amen yeah you he's have amen has yeah. already said that he's looking forward to playing with Alperin shingoon so that he can cut and get to the basket and get easy buckets so you know like this isn't a this isn't a lineup that is ready to win right now that's not what i'm saying but like in a couple years once these guys develop and then we have a head coach now who has a vision who has a plan, who's You know, we feel like he's going to put these guys in the position to be successful. Uh, I mean, I think the future is very bright for the Houston Rockets. And then I haven't even gotten to Kevin Porter Jr., who now like he has the ability now to play off ball, which I think. and, And I'm not saying that because I don't think he can play on ball, but I think he's best utilized. He's best weaponized as a guy who doesn't have to set the table. He's a guy who can now he can just eat now. I don't have to set the table. I don't have to bring the ball up the court and have to worry about should I should I try to look for my shot or should I try to find Jalen Green or should I try to find Jabari Smith in the court like he don't have to worry about that anymore that's not his that's not his responsibility. you know maybe if you know I don't know what MA's philosophy is going to be on like it, can all guys push the ball up the court because I know Silas was kind of okay with that but um, <laughs> yeah. I'm okay with I'm in getting the ball you and Jalen green if y'all are on the floor with him, y'all run the wings. And KPJ is a an elite catch and shoot three-point, you know, shooter. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna have guys like trying to close out on him, and now he's devastating. He's going to the basket on a closeout, attacking that closeout. And now his his secondary playmaking is like, you know, feel how you want to feel about him as far as a, a, a primary playmaker. But KPJ as a secondary playmaker, to me is 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 a very like scary proposition for the rest of the n b a because we've seen it he he can do it all, so yeah. I'm excited about this roster man and k j martin is probably like if he stays on his team, just imagine a team where k
1: j martin is probably now your fourth best athlete yeah yeah it's, it's pretty insane athleticism, especially coming from where the Rockets yeah. used to be in their days where they were competing you know for championships. they weren't the most athletic team in the league they were actually a pretty Slow plotting type of team. They didn't have a real a lot of assets outside of or people that can play above the rim outside of players like uh, Clint Capella. Um, they were most mostly a you know methodical play on the ground, not really play above the rim type team. And now you have like probably the most athletic team in the league. I mean, that's a huge difference from where you were a few years ago. And just really speaking on Kevin Porter Jr., uh, it's kind of funny. He's almost like the reverse James Harden now. Um, he's almost he like James Harden was with the Thunder. That's kinda like the role that I think Kevin Porter Jr. can thrive in. Coming off the bench, sometime even finishing games, being the primary ball handler off the bench, and sometimes maybe, you know, he doesn't always necessarily have to play the point guard position the entire game. Maybe he comes in as a backup small forward. Maybe he comes in and finishes the game with um, Jalen Green and Amin Thompson. There's it's a lot more flexibility now that you have with Kevin Ford Jr., who could fit that James Harden with a Thunder-type role, where sometimes he may be the best player on the court, but he's not necessarily having to be the starter and have all that weight and all that responsibility thrust on upon him. He can just come off the bench, see how the game is being played, which a lot of times is better for some players. They can see exactly how the game is flowing from the bench and not have to you know, start off the game and be the guy and and be the one to get everybody involved. He can just come in now and just play his game and not have to worry about all the other stuff because he has players that can actually take on that responsibility. So, in the end of the day, this might actually even extend Kevin Porter Jr.'s career if he's willing to take on that responsibility. And from whatever everything I've heard, I think he wouldn't necessarily have a problem coming off the bench. Now, of course, he would love to start. I mean, everybody would love to start. But I mean, at the end of the day, you got to look at there's been a lot of great players that have been fine coming off the bench. I mean, you can go all the way from your Manu Ginobili's to your um, – if you, if you want to go back further in the 90s with the Rockets with Sam Cassell. I mean, Sam Cassell – honestly, Sam Cassell was probably better than Kenny Smith. But at the time, he was just better coming off the bench. So, sometimes it just works out that sometimes some players are better coming off the bench. And I think that's the same thing with Kevin Border Jr.
2: I'm glad you said that because that's, that's the name that I was thinking. If, if M.A. Yudoka can sell him on the idea of like being the third guard off the bench, you know, yeah. down the road, like you can still play 30 minutes, right? Yeah. You can still play 30 minutes, minutes a game. And like you said, like if he if he has it going, you 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 let him close the game. We saw Mono Ginobili make a living <laughs> and, and yes. give teams hell, absolute hell, night in and night out, coming off the bench. And we never really looked at him as like, oh, he's just a six man. Right, yeah, he was an all-star coming off the bench, and I think Kevin Porter Jr. You know, no matter what you know, a lot of people say. I think Kevin Porter Jr. has you know, he he might not ever like reach his potential and be an all-star, but I think he has all-star talent, and yeah. I think um and I think he gets a bad rap on this team. You know, I spoke to people at the draft party yesterday who, and I'm not gonna name drop, uh, but I spoke to some people who would know who who are around him, and they love that man. Like they they think that you know he gets a bad rap. You know, among the fan base and and in the media, you know, they say that he's one of the nicest people on the team. I know you've even told me, like, when you do interviews, he's one yeah. of the like most the willing. Yeah. yeah, and so, like, I think it's almost time. It's to the point now. I think we have to let go of some of those, uh, you know, some of those notions that we have that that Kevin Porter Jr. is a bad guy. Like, and 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 there are guys across the NBA, and we see it all the time. That are doing way worse things than <laughs> Kevin Porter, <Jr. laughs> and and it's and it's like it's almost uh, like it's unfair. So like to me, unless he has another event, like I think you have to give him the benefit of the doubt that he's matured and that he's grown up. Like I think it's not too much to to ask, you know, to just show a person some grace. Like we we probably have not all done um, the same level of you know you know, things that we regret at a young age, but I can guarantee you that pretty much everybody that's watching this podcast or listening to this podcast, you've done something at some point in time in in your life and you like, man, if I could go back, I would change this. And so at this point, I think it, I think it's, it's fair to like, you know, let's, let's, let's give him a clean slate and like until he, you know, proves us wrong or, or shows us otherwise, because like everything that you hear about, about Kevin Porter Jr behind the scenes is always positive.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and again, I don't know everything. I'm I'm I don't have, you know, sources all over the place like some people, but from what I've seen being in the locker room, you know, being at the press conferences, number one he's the he is the best person I at least in the first year that I covered the team that as far as willingness to give interviews Always give some of the best answers you're gonna get from anybody on the team, and just being in the locker room, seeing how he interacts with everybody. Everybody, at least at least everybody I've seen, as far as his teammates, love him. You know, they always showing them support. He's always showing them support. So from what I've seen, um, at least from the team perspective, they all love him, all the way up into the you know the front office. So and mean, and we saw that. I don't know, if, you know, people remember when Tim Lafata was talking. I remember the press conference that ended. We were all getting up ready to leave, and he made it a point to stop everybody from leaving and say, "Kevin Porter Jr. is one of the nicest guys that he has a pleasure to talk to. Whether it's you know during timeouts of the game or whatever it is, or after the game before the game, he made it a point to say that. So if people really think that the Rockets are gonna go out of their way to get rid of Kevin Porter Jr. now, they're gonna be in for a um, they're gonna be in for a big surprise because I just the Rockets, unless unless it's some part of some big, huge deal where they can bring in some star-level player. I don't see the Rockets doing anything as far as trying to move Kevin Porter Jr. If anything, they're going to try actually even more now to get him involved in different ways outside of just being a point guard. So, yeah, like you said, it's to the point now we just need to, not us, because we've always felt that Kevin Porter Jr. gets a bad rap, but other people need to move on from the head honcho stuff and constantly looking for reasons not to like Kevin Porter Jr. Because at this point, it's almost like you're whistling into the wind. It's like why are you continuing to do that is really not serving any purpose. Like you say, if he does something like doesn't show up to practice or in the middle of a game quits and leaves, that's fine. You know, he definitely deserves a criticism. But at this point, if you're looking for things to be mad at Kevin Porter Jr. about, it's really more about you than what Kevin Porter Jr. is doing or not doing at this point.
2: Yeah, and I know they're going to make some trades, you know, eventually – because yeah. they're going to have to consolidate the talent on this team, especially if they're planning on bringing in uh, some free agents. And like, I would, I would hate to see uh, Kevin Porter Jr. go. Because, like, like you know, like I, I'm a believer in his talent, and um, you know, it, it would be, it would be, I would be sad. But at the same time, like, I'm a Houston Rockets fan yeah. first and foremost. I don't well, like. Um, I get, you know, I get it. I mean, I'm a fan. I get attached to the players. Like, I have some some favorites on the team. And obviously, like if those guys were to be moved in a trade, like I wouldn't like it. But if the trade necessitates that that player be in it, and it's a and it's a trade that improves the team, then I'm gonna be I'm gonna be accepting of the trade, and I'm gonna well, it, it's kind of like um, Steve Francis and Cantino Mobley. Like I like those guys, right? When they were when they were on the Rockets, but yeah. when we traded them for Tracy McGrady, I was like, well, you know, like at the time, like Tracy McGrady was you know, scoring 32 points a game, (laughs) you know what I mean? You know, he was being talked about as a guy who was kind of like similarly talented and on a a similar level as Kobe Bryant. And so like, you know, as much as I like Steve Francis and as much as I like Coutinho Mobley um, and and as much as I hated to see them go, I I was fine with the trade because we were getting Tracy McGrady. So I'm saying all that to say this. Um, you know I'm not saying that Kevin Porter jr is going to be on this team in, in, in two or three years because I don't know that and uh, you know the GM maybe, maybe doesn't even know that it, it just kind of depends on what, what kind of trade scenarios come across his desk or whatever and but like I, I don't think if they, even if they do move end up moving Kevin Porter jr at some point i i think it's because uh he was needed in the trade not because they were just trying to trying to dump him and get rid of him which i think that would probably be the perception among some people.
1: Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, anybody can get traded. I mean, Akeem Olajuwon got traded. I
2: mean, Marcus, Smart, Marcus the, Smart just got traded from the – Marcus
1: Smart, who did, the did the everything he could time. for Boston, got traded. Didn't even, they didn't even tell him ahead of time. Anybody can get traded. So, at the end of the day, I mean, it is what it is as far as a business. But let me put it like this. Kevin Poirier Jr. is not at the, at the top of the list of players that the Rockets are thinking about trading. I can pretty much guarantee you that. Um, I want move to move on to the next topic in it. And it's kind of why some people thought Cam Whitmore failed so far in the draft and it was a possible medical concerns. Um before we get into it, I want to play this clip from uh, Rafael Stone last night who uh talked a little bit about um if they had any concerns when it came to Cam Whitmore's health.
0: We don't. I mean, I think we you know, we uh Cam Cam physical in Chicago. Uh every team had access to it, our doctors had access to it. Uh we were very comfortable with it um i think he's gonna have you know knock on wood i think he's uh he's well positioned to have a really good career so um uh you know he, i guess different people have different opinions and I, I don't know why any team is do any other team is doing what they're doing but again i know we're really excited to have him
1: so of course, reports started to come out about Cam Whitmore. And the reason why he was following was because, you know, medical concerns and he didn't have a good workout and he didn't have good um, interviews. Me personally, interviews and workouts are overrated, especially ones because teams are following these players all year long, even sometime before they even get into college. So no team's going to base their pick off of just one workout or one interview. Um, so, a lot of it to me that was that was overblown. Cam Whitmore had one medical issue, at least that I know of last year. And that was the beginning of the season where he missed the first seven games because of a thumb injury, which is kind of a standard injury that you know anybody could have. It wasn't anything major. He ended up playing the rest of the year and was the big East player of the uh, freshman of the year. Um, so and had a, a solid in a solid season overall. So to me, I mean, unless something else comes up, I don't see any major concerns with his health. Um, the Rockets did their due diligence, I'm sure, um, as far as his health is concerned. Um, but, Vader, as far as you, do do you have any concerns about his health going forward or any concerns that uh, – thinking why did he fall so far that what is something else the other teams know that the Rockets may not know?
2: So I know, like, Jonathan Gavoni got on, uh, I think it was ESPN last night, and he said um, part of the reason he felt like he fell far it was because once once he dropped past like number nine a lot of those teams hadn't even worked him out because nobody expected him to fall that far so it kind of it kind of like came to the point what do, do I do I trust this like information that I'm hearing that he might have some medical concerns or do I just go with my board these are guys that I've had in my building these are guys that I worked yeah. out these are guys that I kind of fell in love with through the draft process and I like them so should I take them or should I take a guy who I you know, I'm hearing, you know, he doesn't interview well. I'm hearing that he, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, um, Gavoni had mentioned that that was probably one of the main reasons why he failed. Cause when he was like, once you fall past that, that area of teams where you've worked out for, those teams that haven't actually seen you and gotten you in their building, they might not take you because they, cause you're kind of a big question mark. So I think that that was one of the, one of the main things. Uh, just like you, I kind of heard that um, when he, the teams he did work out for that passed on him they didn't really like like he didn't really interview well they said that he um wasn't really trying as hard going hard during the workout uh and they said that th- he kind of has a history of doing this going back to Villanova supposedly and this is just stuff that I saw reported that um he did not practice hard but they said that like in the game he would play super hard so he 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 didn't practice hard, but he played hard in the game. So he kind of has like the Allen Iverson thing going. Yeah, like <laughs> practice, practice, not a game, not a game. We talk in practice. So I'm yeah. thinking, um, you know, I, you know, and that, to me, that's coaching. That's holding guys accountable. I think I think Adoka is not gonna have any issue of like no. getting on Cam Whitmore and being like, hey, bro, like if you don't if you don't get out here and bust your tail, you can you're not gonna ever step on this floor. You're okay. going to be down in Rio Grande Valley, you know, until you figure this out. And so, like, I'm not worried about that aspect. I think he, he's 18 years old, you know, so there's going to be some growth and maturity things that, that he's going to have to learn along the way. And you know how it is out here on this AAU circuit. You know, a lot of these guys are pampered and they're coddled and they are told how great they are. And a lot okay. of these coaches are afraid to, like, you know, like really get on these guys because you want the best talent on your team. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that that's what happened. But, you know, I've been around some of these guys and, you know, like they they kind of don't always like, you know, do everything that they probably need to do to be to be at their best. But I think now that he's going into a situation where we have we have like a foundation in place, you know, with with we have a coaching staff in place. Um, We're probably going to bring in some veterans. You know, I'm not so worried. I'm not so much worried about him not not being a good practice player, I think that's going to work itself out. And then as far as the, the injury stuff, um, this, is not, this is not something that I have corroborated. So I'm not going to speak uh, uh, on what it is because I don't know if it's 100% true. But they, I did hear from somebody at the draft party yesterday that they heard from a trusted source that he may have had a medical issue mm-hmm. they're not, that they're worried about down the road. Yeah. Um, but, like, right now he's fine, but it's kind of like something that might be kind of a red flag down the road. But I don't even know if that's true or not. You know, like, you know how 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 one person says something and it gets passed around. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, the thing that the thing that makes me not worried about that, and I'll, I'll tell you what it is, the, the thing that makes me completely unconcerned with that information that I got is the fact that I know Raphael Stone was trying to trade up to, to still pick him. Like, Raphael Stone was not yeah. trying to sit at 20 and wait for him to fall to 20 he was trying to like package assets and move back up into the draft to get a guy. And so like, why would you get a guy? Why would you do that? You know, for a guy who you felt like might be medically red flag. So yeah, yeah I, I'm not too much concerned about that. Uh, and I think, I think a lot of his issues right now are just, you know, being an 18 year old kid who has all the talent in the world, who has like pretty much you, you can get anything you want. Um, and I think the Rockets will get him right. Like I, I feel like through the interview process and 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 the workout process that they that he had with the Rockets, that they felt comfortable enough and confident enough in him that they were willing to, like I say, give up assets to move up and, and pick him higher than 20. It just so happens that he fell all the way down there. They weren't able to trade up and they still got the guy that they wanted. And I'm I'm super excited about it. I'm gonna be perfectly honest with you.
1: Yeah, and and I'm glad you brought up about the Rockets possibly wanting to move up and to you know move up in the top ten. That's how confident they were. And I want to kind of play that clip because uh, Stone talked about. I asked him about the possibility of them trading twenty coming into the draft, and he talked about you know how they were they felt so confident in Cam that that's the person they wanted that they were willing to move up into the top twenty and that they are top ten and they have offers attractive offers is exact words that to trade out of the pick 20 if a player like cam whitmore wasn't available but they would rather have cam than some of the other trade offers wait wait
2: before you play that, before you play that chart also i think it was um i think it was the pacers don't quote me on that but like there was another team who was trying to trade back up somewhere between like 10 and 19 to get cam and they said that nobody would nobody would do a deal with them but the Rockets weren't the only team that was that was trying to trade up to get Cam. Oh, yeah. It's just that it's just that like those teams that were between that that range were kind of so set on the guy that they wanted that they were unwilling yeah. to uh, part with those picks. So like, um, yeah, like this, like if you're a Rockets fan, I think you you at this point you have to be super excited about the Cam Whitmore pick because yeah. we we even heard that they might even like trade out of that pick altogether, like you said, and so. You know, for them to, to keep that pick and for you to bring in a 6'7", 6'7", expl- 232 pound explosive player who can actually also shoot the basketball. Like, he's not just a dunker, right? He can actually, like, he pro- he, he has the ability to, you know, maybe one day be a 40% three point shooter to go along with his slashing and dunking ability. So, yeah. anyway, yeah.
1: Yeah. And he was stoned.
0: yeah we were considered trading it um um but both ways like we we were active we were actually trying to trade up um the vast but we we always intended to try and trade up in this draft um, um didn't know that we we weren't successful so I guess that was going to fail um but but that was when we thought Cam was going to go in the top six or seven picks so we we thought we thought that there was maybe some strategy that that made sense for us and getting a little higher um and um and so yeah but we we also talked about if that wasn't successful trading out if if we didn't like somebody at the pick and we were talking to a number of teams about what that would look like and some of those some of those potential transactions were very attractive but again um not not nearly as attractive as picking camp
1: so i mean as you see i mean he not even just top 10 they were saying top six or seven that's how much confidence they had in cam whitmore and like you said they had their doctors look at them in the the combine in chicago i'm sure they've had a doctor look at them since then so they seem pretty confident um that whatever health concerns that some other people may be having they don't necessarily have those health concerns or at least they don't feel that it's enough to where they wouldn't use that pay 20 i think it was a it was a huge benefit that the Rockets had that second pick because some teams didn't have a second pick. Thank you, Eric that's Gordon. Why the Rockets, yeah, thank you, Eric Gordon. That's why the Rockets were perfectly fine um, going taking a chance on a player that every other team in the first 19 or 18 picks decided that they didn't want to go with him. So you can see Stone is – of course, Stone is a lawyer. He's always seems confident. <laughs> He's always going to give you stone face. He doesn't give you much reaction. But they seem pretty confident that whatever issues other teams may have had with cam whitmore they didn't necessarily you know share that opinion
2: yeah so like i said man i'm I'm super i'm super stoked he and then like in the clip i hadn't i hadn't even watched that clip yet but the for the fact that he said that they still believed that cam whitmore was going to be drafted top six or seven yeah so like just just think about that for so so on on the houston rockets board on their draft board. They pretty much probably had him in the top 7. I think I think it's pretty reasonable to to come to that conclusion if they thought he was going to be picked in the top 6 or 7.
1: Absolutely. And I guarantee if Cam Whitmore wasn't still there at 20, they would have traded that pick cuz they had they had offers for that 20th pick, probably for a veteran type of player from some other team or maybe even just moving back further and getting more picks or something like that, but they were going to trade that number 20 pick. And I guarantee, uh, and Stone said he was shocked that they that he was even available uh at at 20. Um, one more thing I want to move into before we finish the show, something that's kind of hard to answer now, but you know, we're gonna talk about it anyway, and we're gonna talk about it more throughout the uh offseason. What are the chances that Cam Whitmore starts the season at small four? What do you think he needs to do to be able to start? Or do you think he has any chance of starting? And it's, at this point, it's really more either KJ Martin or probably even tar, uh, Tari Eason. I,
2: I will. I hate. I hate to say this, but I don't. I think there's like a zero percent chance that he starts. Yeah. And and the reason being, I I even felt that way if they picked him at four. And the reason being is he's so young. He is super young. Like he is younger yes. than he's <laughs> younger than Jabari. Like when we drafted Jabari, and Jabari was one of the like. Youngest I think top, player, yeah. top eight youngest players in the NBA last year. And so um and we saw how he struggled initially. And I think a lot of that had to do with just just his youth and getting accustomed to the NBA. Um, I think that Cam Whitmore is not a and this is one of the things that people said that was a knock on him. Super talented, super athletic, he can shoot. He's he yeah. had his feel is not that great. And by feel, just is like, you know, like you know, passing, you know, stuff like that. Like, you know, knowing where to hit guys and, you know, just like little things that you need to be better at to be, a, you know, a functional team basketball player. Like he's a good yeah. individual basketball player, but he has to work on becoming a guy who you who's a – I hate to use this word – a winning basketball player. And yeah. I think that, um, you know, I think a G, a G League stint would, would be great for him, to be perfectly honest with you. I, I just, yeah. yeah, I just can't see – um, him coming in right now as an 18, he'll probably be 19 uh, by the time the season starts. I don't remember when his birthday is, but um, I don't think he's going to be better than Tari Eason. Like we saw what Tari Eason did for the team last <laughs> year. Like, like even you can say what you want to say about his layups and uh, <laughs> his mom even says it. So it's OK. You can you can critique his layups. But like what you cannot critique is that man's hustle, his drive, his will to win, his his um his defense, his rebounding. His ability to steal the basketball. Like he brought like intangibles to the floor that I, I don't think Cam Whitmore at this point in time is going to contribute. Um if KJ Martin is still on this team, I think KJ Martin is, is a better player than him right now, to, to be honest with you. Um but I, I just think that the Cam Whitmore play is a is a future play. And so yeah. I think, you know, maybe as soon as next year, he's a guy who who we're putting in and we like, man, we really got to still live the draft, but I don't think we're gonna be saying that this year you know, I, I mean, yeah. he, he needs a little season and he needs a little growth.
1: Yeah, I mean, exactly. And I've seen some people already putting him in a starting lineup, but I just don't see that happening. One thing you're not going to do is you're not going to outwork Tari Eason. Um, oh, no. You mentioned, you mentioned oh, no. earlier about Cam Whitmore, some reports allegedly saying that he doesn't work hard in practice. If he's going to eventually get in that starting lineup or get major minutes, he's going to have to earn it because players like Tari Eason, they don't take plays off. They don't take practices off. He does whatever he needs to do to get on that court. So if you're going to out outwork Taris, and you're going to have to really put in some work. You're not going to be able to – that's the thing. Cam Whitmore, and like you were talking about with AAU, and not necessarily, you know, it pertains to Cam Whitmore, but when you're the best player and you can just do it alone, you can do things that other players can't do when you're younger. You're just more talented than they are. You're just bigger than they are. You're just faster than they are. Then it's easy for you to just go out and play, but when you get to the NBA, you got put, you got every player in the league is just as talented as you. Most of them are more talented as you coming in as a rookie, and they're just as big, they're just as fast, and a, and some of them may work even harder than you do. So he's going to have to put in the work to get onto the court because, like you said, we know Tari Easton and if KJ Martin is still here. You're not going to. Oh yeah,
2: those are those are two dogs. There is no way. He's I think he's going to learn really quickly in practice that, hey, these guys are like these guys are better than me right now. I got work to do and they're not going to take it easy on him. I I, I know for a fact, like I don't know Tarahisa personally, but just from, you know, talking to his mom and just seeing how he plays. Like he's going to see Cam Whitmore, even though that's his teammate and they they might be friends. They're going to
1: go at him. Yeah. (laughs) He's
2: like, oh, that man wants my job. I'm No, you're going to have to take my job from me. Like I'm not like. This this is I'm I am the like starting small forward on this team, and you just gonna have, you're gonna have to wrestle it away
1: from my from like my my dead cold lifeless hand. <laughs> I mean, because you think about it like, now, trades may clear up a lot of this because they're gonna have to trade somebody. Oh, yeah. you know? Absolutely, one of Forrest is going to have to be traded. Some of the guards aren't going to be back. Um, pr- probably like um, Dayson Knicks. I don't know about Josh Christopher. We don't know about Jayshon Tate. But at least for now, the team they have now, you're you're, you're not going to outwork Jay Sean Tate. You're not going to work K.J. Martin. You're not going to outwork Tari Eason, So he's going to absolutely have to earn it. And I know some people may be shocked, but like you said, there's a chance he could start off in the G League. I mean, unless the Rockets make some major moves, they have multiple forwards um, that are, you know, Jay Sean Tate didn't even play last year. And he and the and the coaching staff, and maybe this coaching staff is different, but that coaching staff love Jay Shante. So if Jay Shante is still somehow on his team, it's not necessary. it's not a guarantee that he's not gonna get minutes. So there's a chance that Cam Whitmore could possibly start off in the G League. Now maybe he does what Apparent Shangoon did a couple of years ago when everybody thought that he was gonna start off in the G League, where he was just too good that the Rockets couldn't put him in the G League. But there's a possibility, and it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Maybe he starts off at the G League just to get his feet wet, and just so they can get 30 minutes a game. Because to start of the season for the Rockets, he's not getting 30 minutes a game. I can guarantee you that.
2: And I'm gonna tell you what I'm. I would actually watch G League games. I know you used to be big. I know you probably you actually still watch G League games. But yeah. Um, but Ty Ty Washington, if he's not, if he's still here and he's not with the big club. If you see a a Ty Ty Washington and Cam Whitmore combination down in G League, I think they they might have another like G League championship uh, coming their way. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah. And it's funny we ain't even talking about Ty Ty Washington in this whole point guard mix. That's just that's another situation with there. So the Rockets have some talented players. And one more quick thing before we wrap up the show, something that Adrian Wojnarowski brought up last night towards the uh, end of or during the the draft coverage, he talked about the Rockets being a serious contender for Brooke Lopez. Um, of course, we're going to talk a lot more about free agency uh, in the next couple of weeks as we get close to the actual free agent period. But I wanted to get your opinion on that because for me, the Rockets just seem like the go-to team for any player that wants to get leverage over their team because they have so much cap space. I just don't see the fit for a Brook Lopez. Not that Brook Lopez wouldn't be great for the Rockets, but are they really going to put Alper and going on the bench? Because Brook Lopez, I know some people were saying Brook Lopez would come to the Rockets, a team that's been on the lottery the last three years, for more money so he can come off the bench. I don't see it coming off a great season that he just had. I don't see a player at his point willing to come off the bench for a team that was just in a lottery. But maybe I could be wrong. But I just don't necessarily see the fit for certain players that they, they keep bringing up for the Rockets. Even a Brook Lopez paying him $25, 26000000 million a year. And he's in his late 30s, um, to come over play a position that you already have a player that you're really high on in and Shangoon. But what's kind of your opinion just on that report in general?
2: So I Mm -hmm. like Brick Lopez on this team. I don't know if I, I don't know if that's the best place to allocate your 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 resources because he's going to demand a lot of money. And, And first and foremost, like why would he leave Milwaukee? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like you said, yeah. it, this this may just be like him trying to get more money. Which, like, I'm not mad at that. Get get your bag. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he, he's been in the league a long time, but like you said, you, you're coming to this team to come off the bench. Like, I I can't I can't get behind any scenario where we, as much as I I like Brick Lopez, um, he's a, he's a great defensive player. Which who would have thought? Like I remember when that dude came in the NBA, he was like a he was just like an offensive dude, and it wasn't like,
1: a three point shooter. He either. wasn't a three point
2: like he's completely like changed the way he plays basketball over the years, yeah. and it's kind of crazy. It's, it's extended his career. He's had like crazy longevity even after having like sustained some injuries, and so like it's it's pretty cool to see a guy like that kind of reinvent himself. But like so, I, I like this version of Brook Lopez. He 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 brings the type of defense that the Rockets need. He he anchored the defense. And then he also would, you know, I, ironically, he would space the floor. So he'd give yeah. us, like, two huge things in our, in our lineup. That being said, like, I just can't get behind an idea of benching Alper and Shang-Goon at 21 years old when he's showing so much promise. Right. Uh, and, 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 like, we don't know. He supposedly grew another, like, almost, uh, almost another inch. Um, I'm just kind of really – I'm kinda real I really want to lean into like figuring out what Alfred Shangun is this this upcoming season. I think we need to know because like his his rookie contract is gonna be up for extension at that point. And um, you know, you need to know if is this guy gonna be can he be a hub of your offense or can yeah. he be like a, a second option in your you know, like we we don't really know because they didn't really consistently do it. We saw that at times when it when it happened it looked really good, and then we don't know like if uh, like Emi Adoka mentioned that he didn't like the way he was being deployed defensively last year, so is yeah. there a way that is there a way that he can uh, get the best out of Alperen Sengun defensively and also like make him look like a competent defender? Because if if that happens, like we know what he can do offensively. So like now, if Alperen Sengun isn't getting played off the floor and he's actually like a guy who you can have in, you know close games for you, you know, in a playoff situation somewhere down the road. And he suddenly to me becomes like a guy like you can't you can't trade him you can't move him you can't let him go like if if, yeah. if 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 they can figure out how to mask his his defensive issues or whatever or at least clean some of his footwork like whatever it is right because he's already said that he's identified some some things from the film that he would like to change for Alperin so I gotta see that and so like the Brick Lopez thing like I said it, it's, it's super interesting to me but like will he come here to come off the bench right yeah. I, I, I would you would you stop starting on a team that's in contention to come here uh, and come off the bench on a team that is going to be yeah. ho- hopefully fi- fighting for a play in like I, and I'm just being super optimistic right now because I'm you know I'm hoping that whatever stuff they do in free agency kind of puts us in a situation where we can at least fight for a ten seed right yeah. Um, yeah so like I'll, even though, like I said I love Brook Lopez as a player I think he'd be a great. Uh, fit here as far as what he would bring to the court. However, I just don't know if it's a fit, um, you know, from a personnel standpoint. When you consider, like, is he going to be okay with coming off the bench? You're going to be paying. Are you going to pay a guy twenty five million dollars to come off the bench if he is okay with that? You know, mm-hmm. I mean? it's just it's just like a lot of like things outside of uh, outside of just like the is he good? Would he be good on the Rockets? Because the answer is yes. He he would oh, definitely be for the team.
0: Uh,
2: maybe, maybe spend that money somewhere else.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's what it comes down to is yes, you have the money to spend, but you want to spend it wisely. Um, and we'll find out that uh, pretty soon, a couple of weeks, free agency uh, period will kick off and that's going to be the next big step for the Rockets. Um, we also, of course, will be covering that. We will be out at the draft um, introduction or the, uh, they're actually going to be introducing Cam Whitmore and, i'm in thompson on monday we'll be out at that covering now of course we'll have the full press conference up on youtube we already have the full press conference of rafael stone from last night uh, talking about the draft up on our youtube page the rocket fuel pod youtube page so definitely make sure you check it out we appreciate everybody gives us support on the youtube page and we are up to 70 subscribers after for some reason that i won't uh go too far into here for some reason we our last page was kicked out when we were approaching 100 subscribers so we appreciate everybody coming back and some maybe some new people joining so definitely make sure you subscribe to the page because we're going to be having some great guests coming up this next month we have nate griffin of fox 26 coming on the show uh next month in july we have craig ackerman coming on hopefully we have some uh, collaborations happening uh next month as well so we have some big shows coming up in july we'll be out at uh, all the press conferences um during this off season so make sure that you're checking out our YouTube page and checking out audio on Spotify Apple you know, wherever you get your podcast we always appreciate your support and we will definitely check you back for our next episode of Rockets Field Podcast